right, my chicky littles, we are going to continue on learning about Isaiah's prophecies that Nephi thinks are so important for us to know. So, since our last story, Isaiah switches gears for a moment and shares with us a vision that he had of Jesus Christ. In his vision, he was in the throne room of a heavenly temple, kind of like the Holy of Holies in ancient Israel's temples. It might be easy easier for us to imagine the celestial room of our temples today. Well, in this vision, Isaiah saw Christ sitting on the throne with a long robe flowing all about, which represented his power and glory. He saw two seraphims, or glorious angels, surrounding the throne, each with six wings that represented their own power. Two of their wings covered their faces, two of their wings covered their feet, and they used the other two to fly. Isaiah heard one cry to the other and say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The temple shook with power and was filled up with smoke, which often represents God's glory. And at that moment, Isaiah suddenly remembered that he was a mere mortal who makes mistakes. He felt so unworthy to be standing in Christ's presence, so he cried out, Woe is me! I feel undone! I feel lost, since I am a sinner and I live among sinners. Oh, how is it possible that I can see the King, the Lord of hosts, with my own eyes and survive? Then, one of the angels flew to the altar in the temple and used tongs to pick up one of the hot burning coals from the fire. And he flew over to Isaiah and placed it in his mouth. He said, Now that this coal has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged or cleansed. Now, thankfully, this was just symbolic. The hot coal represented the Holy Ghost, and the burning of Isaiah's mouth represented the Holy Ghost's power that cleansed him and purified him so that he would be ready and worthy to be the Lord's servant. Did you know that the Holy Ghost has the power to cleanse, purify, and sanctify us? Now, it might sound kind of scary and painful, but it is a good thing to be cleansed by the Holy Ghost, and it even feels good and refreshing to your soul. The Holy Ghost plays a very important role in our repentance and feeling forgiven and cleansed by our Savior. Now, after Isaiah was cleansed from sin, he heard the Lord's voice asking, Who am I going to send as a messenger to my people? And Isaiah said, Here I am, send me. I am ready and willing to be your obedient servant. Then the Lord said, Go as my messenger and tell the Israelites to listen to my words and open their eyes to my power in their lives. I have the power to convert and heal their hearts if they turn to me. But Isaiah, I will tell you now that they will not listen to you, and they will turn away from me, and in doing so, they will earn their punishment if they choose to be wicked. But I still need you to go and declare my words to them. And Isaiah said, Lord, how long should I be your messenger? 
And the Lord said, Until their land and cities are destroyed so much that no one lives in them anymore, and until they have been carried away by the Assyrians. But don't worry. I will eventually restore some of the Israelites back to the land of Jerusalem someday. I will not forget them. And then Isaiah's vision ended. Now, Nephi shares with us one of Isaiah's prophecies that can be really confusing if we don't first understand a little bit of Israelite history and about the land and nations that surrounded them at the same time as Isaiah was living. Do you remember that Jacob of old had 12 sons and each of those sons' families were known as tribes? Well, a long time after Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt and after they had obtained the promised land, the tribes were ruled by King Solomon. But after he died, the tribes divided themselves into two different kingdoms. The kingdom in the southern part of the land was called Judah, and its members were the tribe of Judah and most of the tribe of Benjamin. Their capital city was Jerusalem. The kingdom in the north included the rest of Benjamin's tribe and the ten other tribes, and they were known as Israel or Ephraim. Now, The southern kingdom of Judah was usually more faithful to God than the northern kingdom of Israel was, even though prophets like Elijah and Amos were sent to Israel to try to get them to stop worshiping their idols. Well, a little while after the kingdoms were split up, Isaiah lived in Jerusalem in the kingdom of Judah, and the king of Judah was named King Ahaz. The king of Israel in the north was named Pekah, There was another kingdom north of Israel named Syria, and its king was named Rezin. There was also a big, powerful kingdom called Assyria, and the smaller kingdoms were scared that the Assyrians would try and conquer them. Now, Rezin and Pekah, the kings of Israel and Syria, wanted Ahaz, the king of Judah, to form an alliance with them and fight against the Assyrians. But Ahaz would not join them, so the other two kings hatched a plan to try and conquer the kingdom of Judah. They tried to battle Judah but could not conquer them, so their battles turned into a war. King Ahaz and his people were so scared that they were going to be taken over by these two powerful armies. Well, one day, King Ahaz was at a reservoir of water, and historians think that he was trying to figure out a way to keep water flowing to his kingdom if it happened to be besieged by Syria and Israel's armies. The Lord knew what was going to happen, so he sent Isaiah and Isaiah's son to go meet with King Ahaz by the water to deliver a message from the Lord. Now, Isaiah's son was named Shearyashub, which meant a remnant will return in Hebrew. Knowing what we do about the scattering and gathering of Israel, we can understand that Isaiah's son's name was supposed to give hope to the kingdoms of Israel that the Lord would never forget them or the covenants that he had made with them. 
Isaiah and his son met with King Ahaz, and Isaiah said, Please be still and quiet, and calm your hearts by placing your trust in God. Don't be scared of these two nations trying to fight against you. You don't need to fear, because God has said that their plans will fail. In fact, he has said that within 65 years, the kingdom of Israel will not even exist anymore. They'll be conquered and scattered by the Assyrians. God said that if you don't believe this prophecy or have faith in Christ, and if you try to get out of this war your own way by teaming up with any other kingdom, that your kingdom of Judah will be destroyed. Isaiah also said, Ahaz, the Lord wants you to trust his words. He is willing to even prove to you that you can trust him. So you can ask him for a sign, any sign, that these prophecies will come true. And King Ahaz said, No way, I won't ask a sign of the Lord. But Isaiah gave Ahaz a sign anyway. He said, Here is the sign to both you and to all nations. A virgin will become pregnant and will have a son and name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And before the child will grow old enough to understand right from wrong, both of the kingdoms fighting against you right now will have been destroyed. And I prophesy that if you are not faithful to the Lord, then he will bring destruction and death to you and your kingdom, a destruction that no one has known since the twelve tribes of Israel split up into two different kingdoms. The Lord will use the Assyrian army to accomplish this destruction, and they will destroy everything so that not even farms and towns and cities will be left standing. Now, that was the end of Isaiah's prophecy to Ahaz at that time, and he and his son went back home. Now, the prophecy about the virgin having a baby boy was fulfilled at the time of Isaiah, and also at the time of Christ's birth. And you must remember that the word virgin means a woman who hasn't been married yet, and it also means a woman who is pure and clean. The second definition applies to Isaiah's wife. You see, Isaiah and his wife had another baby boy. But instead of naming his son Emmanuel, the Lord told Isaiah to name his son Maher Shalal Hashbaz, which is kind of a strange name to us, huh? It meant destruction is coming soon. That's very different from the meaning of Emmanuel, which is God is with us, isn't it? Well, let's find out why he was named that. The Lord told Isaiah, Before your son is old enough to speak, the king of Assyria will wage war against the kingdoms of Syria and Israel and destroy them. Oh, now it makes more sense why he had Isaiah name his son Meher Shalal Hashbaz. When Meher Shalal Hashbaz was just a little baby boy, maybe even a toddler, the Assyrian army had already taken over the kingdom of Syria, and within 10 years, they had also taken over the kingdom of Israel too. The Lord told Isaiah that as long as people rejected the soft flowing waters of Shiloh, which was a source of water in Jerusalem, 
that he would unleash the strong, powerful waters of a river all over the land. The waters of Shiloh represent Christ. Water often represents Christ because we access his cleansing power when we immerse ourselves in the waters of baptism. And he has also taught us that he is like living waters that can quench our thirsty souls with the hope of salvation. And of course, the powerful water represents the Assyrian army that would destroy the kingdoms if they didn't repent and turn towards Christ. Isaiah prophesied that Assyria would even conquer the kingdom of Judah if they didn't repent too. Then Isaiah spoke to the nations of the world and told them that even if they combined their forces together to try and protect themselves and their wicked ways from the Lord's punishment and destruction, their plans would be foiled and they would still be destroyed. The Lord had commanded Isaiah and all others who would listen to not spend their time with the wicked and those people who are consumed with fear about war. You see, the Lord wants us to respect him and his truth more than we respect anyone's guesses as to what is going to happen in war. He said that he would be a sanctuary, a temple, a safe place for those who trust him, but that he would also be like a stumbling stone to trip those who didn't believe in him. They would trip over his truth and be trapped and taken by Satan. I really like these prophecies because they definitely help me trust the Lord today. There's a lot of talk about wars going on right now, but we're promised that if we are righteous and prepared and try to go to the Lord's house and make covenants with him, then we shouldn't fear. Well, Isaiah then shared that he would put his trust in the Lord and watch and wait patiently for his prophecies to be fulfilled. And one of those prophecies included taking his spirit from among the northern tribes of Israel and all others throughout time who choose to be wicked. God said he would take his spirit away from those who try to learn truths from wizards and familiar spirits, which are different names for those who try to use dark power other than God's priesthood power to perform miracles and receive revelation. Isaiah asked, shouldn't people seek truth from God? Shouldn't they seek truth from scriptures and God's temples and the testimonies of other disciples of Christ? If they don't, then they don't have access to God's light. Then Isaiah shared a prophecy that helped prove two to two of Jesus' disciples in Galilee when he was on the earth that Christ really was the Savior. You see, the Assyrians had captured the part of the kingdom of Israel that belonged to the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali. This land eventually became known as Galilee, which is where Christ lived for most of his life. Now, Isaiah lived about 700 years before Christ was born, but he prophesied that one day the people living in the land around Galilee would see a great light after walking in darkness for so long. It would be like this light would shine on the land that Isaiah called the shadow of death. It would be here that the Lord would increase the joy of his followers and set them free from their burdens that were hard to bear. He would help them win their battles and their soldiers' boots and bloody clothes would be used for fire fuel instead of for wars. 
then Isaiah said some very famous words that you may have heard around Christmas time. He said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Today would be a great day to listen to the song called For Unto Us a Child is Born, composed by the great musician Handel. Ask your mom or dad to play it for you. Each of the titles that Isaiah lists helps explain explain specific characteristics and roles of Christ. And I hope that each of you will study them someday to learn more about our Savior. Well, Isaiah explained that when Christ would come to reign on the earth after his second coming, his peace would be endless, and he would set up his own kingdom and government here on earth in justice and perfect judgment. Then, Isaiah gave a warning message to the prideful kingdoms in his time, and to the prideful people in our day, too. The Lord said, If I punish those who are wicked and they still choose not to repent— then I will destroy them, just like I will destroy the kingdom of Israel, which is full of false prophets and leaders who only pretend to worship me, but they really lead the people away from my covenant path. I won't even spare the young men or have mercy towards the widows and fatherless children, because each of each one of them is a hypocrite and an evildoer, and they all speak lies." Isaiah compared the wicked ones in Israel to briars and thorns and said that the Lord would burn them up. Their destruction would be so great that it would be like the land was darkened with smoke. There would be famine and families would fight against families. Tribes would fight against tribes and kingdoms would fight against kingdoms. Those are some kind of intense prophecies, and although many of them apply to our day, too, like I mentioned before, if we are striving to follow the prophet and are trying to hear the Lord's voice and guidance in our own lives, we have no need to fear what is to come, which is so wonderful. Now, I want to finish the story by letting you know that, unfortunately, King Ahaz didn't exactly follow the Lord's guidance to not make alliances with anyone. In fact, he did make an alliance with Assyria's ruler, and the kingdom of Judah ended up paying Assyria a lot of money in exchange for protection from the kingdoms of Syria and Israel. And although Syria and Israel were completely destroyed, just as Isaiah prophesied they would be, Assyria also conquered most of the kingdom of Judah, except for Jerusalem, because both King Ahaz and the people in his kingdom didn't put their full trust in the Lord. And in just a hundred years from the time of Isaiah, right after Lehi and his family traveled into the wilderness, the kingdom of Judah and Jerusalem, as we know, was destroyed by the Babylonians as a consequence of their wicked sins. Boy, that's a lot of destruction, but we must remember that all these stories about destruction are meant to teach us what happens when we turn our hearts away from Christ instead of turning them towards him. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying learning about Isaiah's prophecies because our next story or two are about his prophecies as well. 
So until then, I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. Goodbye, little chickies.